Today on the Therapy Dogs Australia podcast, Sam sits down with the incredibly knowledgeable Narelle Cook, owner of Canine Suticals, which is a premium human quality supplement range for dogs. Narelle is also an accredited clinical naturopath, nutritionist, and herbalist. Our Therapy Dogs are working dogs, and as such, we need to know how to best support their mind and body during their lifetime. This is an episode you'll want to listen to again and again. Enjoy. Okay, everybody. Hello. we are missing Miss Max today. She couldn't join us, but I'm very excited to speak to Narelle. Is it Dr. Narelle Cook? Oh, I wish. No, oh, no okay. doctor. I was going to say. <laughs> just, um, um, yeah, just, yeah. just Narelle. Just yeah. <laughs> uh, Narelle here, who is going to have a chat to us today. She's very graciously agreed because I really want to talk about uh, the health stuff that affects therapy dogs and working with therapy dogs so everyday stuff so not necessarily um you know clinical stuff that you know disease and I mean I guess some of it would be undiagnosed but um not that sort of stuff we're going to talk about uh well-being is probably the Mm -hmm. better word for me to use so we're going to talk about that stuff because over the years I've definitely had the same things popping up over and over Um, And I really love going the more sort of natural way of dealing with stuff, especially with the kinds of things that we're going to be talking about. A lot of people don't realize just how much even diet impacts their dog's health and general appearance and presentation. Um, And we're having this conversation during our courses all the time. We talk about diet and things like that. Narelle owns Canine Suticals um, and I've been using Canine Suticals for a little while now and it's yeah really stoked to have you on Narelle to talk about some of the stuff that we can address using naturopathy. So do you want to give us a little bit of info about who you are, what you're doing, where are you, what's all that stuff behind you? Yeah uh, (laughs) my journey from where I started to where I am it's quite it feels quite convoluted to me but I always think you know you just don't know what you really want to do when you're in high school like you know it's oh yeah um so I originally did a bachelor of agricultural science at Melbourne uni and loved it and then I worked as a research scientist on the back of that for about 10 years and surprisingly like I went into agricultural science wanting to be an animal geneticist but came out of it specializing in um plant pathology of all things (laughs) so um trying to reduce the diseases on the fruits and the vegetables that we consume Ah. Uh, yeah so it was it was really fascinating work um and I really enjoyed it but then I call it my early midlife crisis uh I went and did the NDTF course back oh gosh in 2004 2003-4 and then I became a full-time dog trainer for a few years and but pretty quickly realized that dog training needed to stay in the hobby category and not my yep. full-time job. I just, I didn't love it enough to be out in the weather every day, basically. Um, yeah. So, and I miss the science. Like I'm a real, like I love research. I love science and I, I miss that a lot. So I went back, I ended up getting a job as a regulatory affairs associate with, um, with a large agrochemical company. Did that for a few years realize oh you know this isn't hitting the spot either and Glenn's really um my husband's really supportive of my addiction to study and (laughs) I said do you mind if I just you know do some part-time study while I'm still working and he's like sure so I ended up doing um three advanced diplomas 
concurrently just to get them done. So um, Western herbal medicine, nutritional medicine and naturopathy. So I did all that, loved it, didn't know what I was going to do with it. Then we happened to move to Sydney and I had the opportunity to um, further my addiction by doing a Bachelor of Health Science. Um, And from that point, I opened my clinical practice as a human naturopath. And it's been nearly 10 years now that I've had my clinical practice going. So that's natural health and nutrition. Um, and the, the odd thing is, it's crazy for me now, but that whole time, you know, I've had dogs my whole life, you know, I've been into natural health. Um, I never once thought to apply it to my pets at all. Like really? all my dogs were on kibble, like their whole <laughs> lives. Um, never... Never this is a you... safe space, Norelle. You can admit things like that. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, like never thought to use supplements. I don't know why. It just, it just didn't click. And even, you know, over the years in clinical practice, seeing my human clients, um, it would often come up because my clinic office is on the business side of Pet Resorts Australia, which is a boarding facility. You know, the, the, the conversation around animals would often come up and then they'd say, hey, you know, my dog's got this gut issue or this skin issue. Is there anything you can recommend? And it just started happening more and more often. And I thought, there's something in this. Mm-hmm. So um, I went back and I did further study into animal health and nutrition through the College of Integrated Veterinary Therapies. And I highly recommend them. They're great. Still not with the idea of doing anything like with it, <laughs> just more for yeah. my own just you know, want to know this information. Um, so it wasn't until early 2020. So just as COVID was hitting, one of my French bulldogs had a severe spinal injury. So if anyone listens to my podcast, Natural Health for People and Pets, or the Canine Paradigm, you know, they might be familiar with ladybugs. Just little ladybug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, our broken bug. So it, when that happened, um, you know, I went into full research mode for how best to support her body. And was just really disappointed and surprised at the lack of high quality, you know, supplements in the animal space. Mm. It's not, it's not that they're not out there, but it was just so hard for me to trust, you know, what I was seeing, um, particularly for a dog yep. that's so compromised and so vulnerable. Um, so I was just using all the human, all my human like practitioner only supplements on her. And I'm like, this is crazy. And then I'm like, Oh, you know, see a need, feel a need, maybe, maybe this is something I can actually do is create a supplement range. Um, I feel like um, whenever I've looked for supplements, like I, I feel like the brands are really like, I don't know these brands that, you know, like if you go into like your pet shop and look at the supplements, a lot of them, I don't know really that brand and they're all a bit different and kind of what's the consistency with it you know it's, it has always been with the dog stuff like I've got horses as well horses is so much more organized with supplements far out but the yeah the dogs it just seemed to be yeah it's really hard to find good quality and consistent like consistently available stuff too I don't know if that's just an industry thing but that's what I found yeah and I guess what bothered me is the the pet supplement space is really poorly regulated. Like the standards mm. are, are pretty low. Um, and I, you know, that doesn't work for me. So I just, I wanted to create something that was, you know, human grade. I knew it was like the highest quality ingredients. You know, I, I really believe in transparency, you know, for what's in a product. So all of that. Um, and yeah, so that's been what I've been doing seven days a week since early 2020. Um, it's all consuming. I love it. 
I'm so passionate about it. And, you know, I'm finally at the point where I can start to build a team around me, but it feels like the more I delegate, the busier I get still. Uh, right. so, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's sort of me in a nutshell. That's my journey. So your, is it, is your podcast natural health and nutrition? Is that what it's called? Um, that's my that under business. The, the podcast is under natural health. Oh my goodness. I nearly forgot natural health for people and pets. That's right. Yeah. So um, if you haven't already, guys, um, found Narelle, make sure you have a look at that. Um, there's a recent episode that I listened to um, and I was just really motivated to, it's just the way that the supplements were explained just mm. so makes so much sense. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, it's, yeah, amazing what you think. Oh, why are we not? So the gist of that podcast, guys, was about, um whatever your dog is lacking or suffering with, that's what you add. So like. Oh, the organ. The, the organ, organ stuff. Yeah. Like, this is fascinating. Yeah. Oh, go and listen to it, guys. Definitely. Yep. Okay, cool. So um, we cover a bit of a nutrition segment in our therapy dog course because I think it's really important, but I'm not a nutritionist. So it's more so um, directing people to find you know, here's some information on these choices mm. and here's, you know, um, I don't know if you've seen petfoodreviews.com.au and you can put your yep. food in there and find a bit out about it and, and things like that. And it, it's um, a tough space for us because uh, I believe in raw feeding um, and I genuinely know that that's the best diet for dogs, um, but there's a bit of, concern with therapy dogs having raw fed diets and then interacting with people with mm. immuno immunosuppressed people um so it's a bit of a we, we can't really recommend necessarily like exactly this is what you should feed your dog mm. um but i think you know i just let people make that decision for themselves um but i definitely think that supplements and things like that are something that we can definitely look into, but I just wanted to let people know that um, a lot of this stuff you're going to, that we're going to talk about, even if we're supplementing, we're probably still going to be fighting a bit of an uphill battle if we're not on a good quality base mm. food. Is that, would you agree with that? Yeah. It's mm -hmm. like, um, you know, I've seen it so often over the years with human clients, like they just want a magic pill, but they don't want to change their diet. So yeah. they want can I eat Maccas every day and just take this vitamin and I'm not going to yeah. die? <laughs> Basically. So yeah, you, uh, what's the saying? You can't outrun a bad diet or you can't out-exercise a bad diet or something like yes. that. But yes. it's, just, it's the same concept. Like you yeah. can't just take supplements, but when the foundation is fundamentally flawed. Mm. Um, I mean, you, you'll get benefits, but you won't get, you know, the full potential of of what you could get otherwise. Yeah, definitely if you aren't able to feed a raw food diet, a balanced raw food diet, definitely still use supplements. Um, but, yeah, just be aware that you're going to have a different outcome than the dogs that are on an appropriate balanced raw food diet and yep. adding supplements. Yeah, cool. Okay, so the things that people complain about are... <laughs> yep. So... I've been um, working with my dogs in therapy settings for 11 years. How old are you, dog? 
10 and a half years, 11 years. Um, and over that time, so I've got two Labradors and a Border Collie. And over that time, I've definitely noticed and experienced, I mean, I, I run a clinic as well. So we have multiple other, so I've got other psychologists and counsellors and stuff, and they're all dog assisted. So um, lots of dogs around in therapy spaces and things like that. So the courses that we run as well, we get feedback from, you know, either current students or graduates or whatever. So this is where this information is coming from, right? Okay. So clients interacting, clients, students, participants, residents, whoever, interacting with therapy dogs. The main thing that we're looking for is development of human-animal bond. So that's our job is to facilitate human-animal bond between uh, our dog and the person that we're visiting or working with or whatever it might be. So these are all things that are going to, the first lot of these things are things that are going to impact that. Bad breath. So Mm -hmm. people don't want to get up, have dogs up close to them if they've got bad breath. Um, And I would probably say, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's dental stuff to do with that, but yeah, generally bad breath. Um, Farting. So some dogs are big farters Mm. and that's one of the ones that like, or being generally smelly. I know that a lot of people have really dog doggy smelling dogs and they just keep washing them, but that doesn't fix it. That's not what fixes that. I think there's some skin stuff that's involved in that, but yeah, farting. So gut stuff and things like that. Um, and itching, and mm. so itching is a real problem for licking and things like that. So uh, like in the setting that I'm in, I'm a psychologist. So if there's a lot of like licking or itching and cause some of sometimes that can be relentless, like dogs are just mm. going to, they just keep doing it. Um, it's distracting. It's really distracting to what you're trying to achieve in your session. And it's distracting to the interaction that um, the clients trying to have with the dog and in particular my little labrador nala um she was licking her vulva just like too much like Mm. just too much um and i think that that's something that people would probably generally just think that's just the dog like that's Mm. that dog just does that um but i put her (laughs) on a probiotic and she's cut that down like by 95 percent. she hardly ever does it awesome she likes if another dog does it she (laughs) is all about that but she is less so obsessively doing that but every other dog she meets tends to Mm. hello to her that way so she's very social so she's having a good time (laughs) (laughs) so I thought and then um I want to just give people a bit of an overview I want to talk about joint health stamina and brain function as well but um, these are some of the things that I think are really relevant to our industry. And I don't think we're having enough conversations in the, our industry about like, we all love dogs and mm. we all love therapy dogs. Love it. Oh, they're on TV. Cute. Like everyone loves it. But are we actually really loving these dogs? Like if we're not taking care of even just these basic things that mm. that we can take care of, we actually can. There are people out there like you, um, who have got lots of information for us about this stuff and more. So if I haven't mentioned your topic, guys, um, or something that's interesting to you, we'll give you Narelle's details because she's got a wealth of information. Anyway, yeah, bad bad breath. What are we thinking? 
Yeah, so the two main things that you'd want to consider are dental health and mm-hmm. um, gut health. So to me, quite easy areas to, to work on. So with the dental health, I mean, I know a lot of people aren't comfortable feeding raw meaty bones, but if you're okay with that, that's a great place to start in terms of introducing, you know, once or twice a week, just a, a nice raw meaty bone that your dog can chew on to clean their teeth. I was um, fine with that until Nala came along, who has not chewed anything since the day mm-hmm. she was born. Um, so <laughs> yep. she she cannot be trusted. Um, but you know those uh, sticks mm. that you mentioned in your podcast? What are they? The Bell and Bone ones? Yeah, the Bell and Bone dental sticks. I was going to mention them. Um, she's as riding well. them. She's riding to them and she's chewing okay. them and eating them like a like safely. I'm yeah. amazed. Then that's really good. I mean. I've got three Frenchies and I mean, their mouth is just not designed to be chewing bones. Um, mm. So I don't even go there with them. Um, our Roddy and our Shepherd, yes, they get bones regularly and they're both good chewers, luckily mm. enough. Um, but yeah, things like the Bell and Bone Dental Sticks and, you know, I do say this on my podcast when I talk about them, they do contain the active ingredients that actually get rid of plaque and tartar. So a lot of the dental sticks on the market and I won't name names, but they're rubbish. Like they're just, they're wheat and sugar um, and oil. Like it's just, and artificial colors and flavors and things like that. So yeah. you really do need to turn the packs over when you're buying dental sticks and just see what's in them. But I absolutely love the Bell and Bone sticks and I use them for my Frenchies. Um, and the other thing is I sell a product. It's by the brand Vet Activate. It's available on the Canine Suticals website. It's called Dental Health and it's the that particular seaweed, um, the Ascophyllum nodosum. I've heard about using seaweed stuff. Have yeah. I looked into this? So I use that for all my dogs um, every day, even, you know, the big boys that get the bones, I still give them the dental health powder every day as well just to keep their teeth in top condition. So is that sort of- like a you add it to your feed? Mm, it's Made a powder. Seaweed? Yeah, just um, powdered up, like dried powdered seaweed why but does that a, help their teeth uh, or is it a gut thing is it the teeth is it the gut oh uh, you know what I should know this to explain it really well it's it's working from the inside out um just the compounds it has and sort of the processes it triggers in the body just works to I can't even I can't believe I can't explain it um yeah just <laughs> works to reduce plaque, plaque and tartar in the mouth but it's coming from you know once it's absorbed into the bloodstream those compounds are coming out in the salivary capillaries into the mouth that way and doing a good work wow that way. so yeah it is quite interesting but there are studies clinical trials done using that seaweed um in dogs to show it's I've heard that significant benefits and it's so easy you know it's an easy powder the dogs love the taste of it um so that's definitely definitely what I'd recommend so Um, why would people so guys if you like oh but I'm using whatever random dental stick I got from Coles um or wherever or I'm using this I tried to use like a water additive (laughs) like a mouthwash okay um that didn't work so you know um but yeah if you i just want to really hone in on when we're saying these um bell and bone dental sticks it if you're using a different type of dental stick look at the ingredients on the label 
You don't have to go mm. and buy Bell and Bone dental sticks, but go and look at the ingredients on the Bell and Bone sticks and compare yeah. them and see which ones just chemicals and which ones mm. have got actual ingredients in them. Um, you need to do that. Or put your dental sticks into the petfoodreviews.com.au. I'm sure they're probably in there. Um, because yeah. there is big problems with a lot of the popular dental sticks around. So if people are listening, thinking, yeah, I feed yeah. dental sticks, they're not all the same. No, and um, and unfortunately, you know, when you're buying quality ingredients, it comes with a higher price. It's oh, yeah. just unavoidable. So I know Ariane at Bell & Bone, you know, meets the number one ingredient. All her ingredients are great. It's the same with my range. You know, I can't, you know, cut cost like I'm not going to cut costs to cut quality so that unfortunately comes with a price but definitely worth it for our dog's health particularly therapy dogs if that is a, a barrier um, absolutely yeah. really, I really want to drive that home if anyone is working with their dog especially professionally and you're a part of your income relies mm. on these dogs are working buy them the best stuff you have to like it's you're not mm. paying the dog, you know, but you're, you can in looking after them properly. Like you really do need to buy them the best stuff. And I know we're not all going to be, especially in this day and age, in a financial position to do, you know, splashing cash and all that sort of stuff. But I really do think people need to have that mindset of, well, the dog is working. So mm. this isn't just your pet dog that you've left in the backyard and all it does is, you know, dig up your garden and cost yeah. you money. This isn't that kind of dog bark at the neighbors all day this isn't that kind of dog these are you know dogs that are out there working and and visitation dogs um we always some people contact us we don't place dogs in um facilities or anything but uh or, or we don't liaise that but people contact us all the time you know dab teams that will go here or there but i always what well, we put it out to our graduates but i always warn the facility what's your budget like mm. you because you'll be paying this you'll be paying these teams and the teams are allowed to volunteer if they want to we don't it's unregulated like we're not we don't make anyone do anything but I always prime the facility to understand that there'll be a cost recovery fee mm. at least and that is to pay for your dogs to have the proper support so you know part of this well-being like we want them to have good clean gear you know nice beds and you know, physio and, you know, all these things that um, are required that cost money. That's the whole idea is that the dogs are working. So they should be getting paid, quote unquote, in that way. Yeah, absolutely. And so I guess the other area when it comes to bad breath is gut health. Um, mm -hmm. So any sort of dysbiosis that's going on in the gut will absolutely smell. <laughs> you know, you're going to get, yep. well, you're more likely to get, you know, bad breath with bad gut health. So, you know, again, I would go back to diet initially with a mm. client, but if if that's not an option, then there are things we can do to support gut health and sort of bring it back up as best we can. Um, like you've mentioned, like prebiotics, probiotics, mm. digestive enzymes. One of my best sellers, the Gut Protect, um, is all of those things, but I also put in some chamomile and fennel um, mm. just to because they are lovely for digestion, but they're very soothing to the gut and um, can reduce gas. So when we talk about gas, that's another sort of part of it. So yeah, just optimizing gut that way. And we often forget that stress is, has a huge impact on gut health. Um, mm. So if I've got any sort of chronic gut dogs, 
you know, I'm always asking the owner, you know, what's the stress like? And that may not be such a thing for therapy dogs because obviously, you know, they're well socialized and. Well, it can, it can be. So sometimes, you know, people lose focus or they get the handlers are being put under a lot of pressure by their workplaces, Mm. things like that. And the dogs are being overworked and they're not being rested enough or they haven't stuck to, we've got some policies and procedures about, you know, how long dogs should be working and stuff like that, but they might get pressured from somewhere else or Mm. try to do something different. And it does show and the dogs, the therapy dogs burn out. They do burn out. Okay. Oh, that's Mm. not good. Yeah. No. Um, So yeah, maybe we'll tie that into the, the excess farting Um, because yeah, I mean, it's normal to fart. It's normal for people. It's normal for dogs. Like we'd die if we didn't. Oh, well, I've never farted, <laughs> so I don't know why I'm saying that. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> don't believe it. Um, yeah, like we literally would die if if, um, if we didn't put, like release gas. Yeah. So, but it's not normal to be like really rotten egg, like stinky, stinky. So even mm. if if a dog is farting a lot, it shouldn't be clearing the room, and that is a real indicator of you know poor gut health. Yeah. Um, diet I'll always mention diet you have to though like yeah yeah same as like you said same as humans like it's yeah check your diet if you've got all these problems and you are feeding Woolworths brand whatever you Mm. fix that first before you go and try and fix band-aid over the top of the stuff but yeah anyway five hours talking about that but yeah, the same thing, you know, I'd be telling people to consider a prebiotic, probiotic digestive enzyme product. A really simple thing that I tell a lot of people is to use herbal teas with their dogs. Um, so we all understand the benefits of, you know, having a cup of maybe chamomile tea after dinner, which is great for digestion or, you know, fennel tea or any of those sort of digestive teas. Um, but they're great for dogs as well. So this so- I reckon so many people wouldn't know that. I didn't know that. I think I learned that at your nutrition your workshop. Did you mention yeah, that workshop? I would have. Um mm. like one of my favorite ones is the Puka brand Relax. So it's great for stressful dogs, but it's also awesome for dogs prone to gastric upset or reflux or bloating or gas. It's got like marshmallow root and chamomile and fennel and a few other things in there. But it's just wow. such an awesome blend and it's so safe and it's so cheap. What's so, the brand? Puka, P-U-K-K-A. And you can now get it in, I know it's in my local Woolworths. I don't shop at Coles, so I don't know if it's in Coles, but um, they've got, yeah. Awesome. That sounds like a good one to have in the cupboard, you know, like if yeah, and get an upset tummy or something. If you've only got one dog, you might just make up one cup per time, like as you would make up a cup for yourself, you know, add boiling water, let it steep, let it cool um and then keep it in the fridge for a small dog you might add one to two tablespoons to each meal for a larger like medium to large size dog you might add up to like a quarter of a cup to each each meal um so yeah that's a really simple place to start if you've got a bit of a gassy dog um start with some herbal tea and then you know if that's not strong enough then you might move on to like a pre-probiotic digestive enzyme formula yeah sort of yeah yeah that's fascinating okay all right so to summarize to go back so for bad breath we've got 
we're looking at our gut health, but we've also got the that seaweed stuff that yep. we can try if it's just plaque management, you know, like which every dog has to do. That's why a vet's always on to you about doing dentals. Yeah, so um, absolutely. What are the stats? Like by two years of age, 80% of dogs have some form of dental disease, yeah. like yeah. starting. So but now they, like my dog's 12 and a half, this Labrador, and I don't want to put him under a general. So mm. I'm not going to get his teeth done. He's got lipomas I'd love to get cut off him, like, but I'm not going to put him under a general because I'm scared. So, yeah. you know, but, so, but I still need to manage his mouth. Oh, you know what I did forget to mention for dental health is, well, firstly, with the bell and bone, if you use the coupon code LADYBUG, you'll get 20% off if you shop on their website. Um, so that's awesome. But Which there's is a, spelled exactly how you, it sounds. Yeah, it? one one word, LADYBUG. Yeah. Um, but also I there's... used that coupon when I got my dental sticks. Uh, I just ordered more yesterday. Great. Yeah. Um, it all helps, you know, everything we can save helps. It does. But there's an amazing uh, holistic vet in Melbourne and Dr. Nicole Rouse, and she's got a brand called Shy Tiger, sort of complements um, her veterinary practice. But Shy Tiger, most of it's based on aromatherapy, um, so calming sprays and sort of lotions in that regard. But she's also got a doggy toothpaste and ah. um, toothbrush and finger brush. So I actually bought the the toothpaste and the the toothbrush and the finger brush to use on my Roddy pup. I, I'm so busy. I just never got around to sort of getting him used to it. So I don't know, at 15 months, he's probably not going to. My, my, my dogs are not having a bar of it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but that would be, if you've got a pretty compliant dog. Yeah. Just doing that even a few times a week would be hugely beneficial. Some dogs are right yeah. into it. So, some people are just brushing their dog's teeth and their dogs are just yeah. right into it. And I'm yeah. like, my three dogs and none of them want yeah. a bar of that noise. So I don't know if it's something I've done or <laughs> it's just them, but yeah. But yeah, just putting another option out there for people. Um, Absolutely. For what might yeah. work for them. Yeah. Especially if you've got young dogs and you can get them used to it. You know, like that's yeah. the time to do it. Don't be, well, you can try and add some adult dogs would probably be fine with it. But yeah, I also, yeah, didn't do enough of little puppies and they, they just, yeah, not having it. <laughs> I have to say with the Shy Tiger, one of the, like I've got her Soothe and Skin Balm here. I bought a heap of them. How do you spell Shy? Just um, S of Sam H for Harry, Y for Yellow and then Tiger. Oh, Shy Tiger. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Anyway, sorry. Keep going. Um. Yeah, one of my dog had some ear issues, so I was putting the, the balm on. But then I've been, with the cold weather, the really my lips have been getting cracked, so I'm using the, the yeah. Shy Tiger dog animal balm. And yeah. Awesome. All natural. Well, that, that's yeah. what you can do when you buy good quality products. You can yeah. do stuff like that. So, guys, it's worth yeah. it. Yeah, technically I can't tell people they can take my products um for legal reasons but I had a client who literally emailed me saying she's tasted all of the supplements she's giving to her dog <laughs> these are so, delicious yeah. <laughs> well they're human grade aren't they Narelle your products 100% human yeah. grade they're the same ingredients that go in like the manufacturer I use is a human um a manufacturer for human supplements so you know the ingredients he's buying in some will go into my tubs and be labeled for dogs and the rest will go into 
tubs and be labelled for humans. So it's exactly the same quality control and standard. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Okay. So we looked at the teeth themselves. We've looked at the gut. So we've got um, the gut protect supplement, but we, you know, we're also addressing guys who need to look at your nutrition um, and teas as well. We can try teas mm. to settle our guts down. If we've got, you know, farty dogs that are, and they do like it's, and it's all fun and games. Like sometimes have you ever, Narelle, seen your dog hear themselves fart? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. the greatest. So <laughs> if that happens and it happens when a therapy dog's visiting or working or something like that, it's not a big deal. Like it's usually funny and it breaks down, you know, some barriers and stuff like that. But if it stinks, which mm. I don't like some dog owners probably don't realize that you, dogs can actually fart and it doesn't actually clear the room. Like it's just, mm. yeah, I hardly even notice when my dogs fart. Like they're normally quiet farts that you, yeah, every now and then yeah. it'll be an audible one and they hear it and look at their bums and it's yeah. very funny. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, if they're doing stinky farts and they're repeatedly stinky farting, that's going to be not conducive. That's a barrier to people accessing mm. the dog, um, accessing your therapy sessions, canine assisted stuff, things like that, because it's not pleasant. No one wants to mm. be stuck. At it. It's no. not, that's not funny anymore. That's just uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Oh, Itching. This is huge. Like it's probably the biggest um, sort of customer inquiry that I get. People contact you about all the time. Yeah, every day, um, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, email, my dog's itching. <laughs> you know, what, mm. what can I do? Yeah, And th- there's lots of contributing factors to that. Um, there's lots of different angles that need to be considered. You know, is it coming from food? Is it coming from the environment? You know, is it a bit of both? Um, so usually in the first instance, we just want to give relief to that itching. So mm. we do sort of just want to try um, aim for symptom reduction. And that's where I'll recommend something like the PEA plus, um, which has really great natural antihistamine activity in the body, anti-inflammatory, antihistamine, analgesic. So if there's any um, skin irritation, it can help soothe that, which can also help to stop the dog from sort of biting and licking at a certain area. Does biting and licking and itching at stuff, does that perpetuate the itching for some causes or is there always going to be an underlying like do can we is it like you just got to stop scratching a mozzie bite sometimes or is it there's an underlying something oh look it'd, it'd be individual um based on the dog on what's happened yeah but um for some dogs it become it can become a learnt behavior mm. it's that itchy scratching sort of action um the licking can be a stress thing too yeah and then the licking can create like yeast infections which yeah. can then exacerbate the itching and the scratching and yeah make the dog miserable so yeah i'll usually say look do do the pea plus for its antihistamine activity but also add in something like the gut restore because it's um one you know a lot of in if it's due to an intolerance you know a lot of that comes from poor gut health as well so you want to in, improve the integrity of the gut and the gut restore is great for that in the first instance but I also love in the gut restore, there's ingredients like zinc and vitamin C and quercetin. So quercetin's also got, you know, antihistamine activity. The zinc and the vitamin C are going to support the integrity of the skin. Um, oh. 
as well as the immune system and yep. sort of work at it from that angle. Um, mm-hmm. Products like Antonol Rapid, again, for the anti, um, anti-inflammatory activity mm-hmm. in the body, just to sort of reduce any like pro-inflammatory compounds that are being released that might be contributing to the itching. What else do I do? And then depending on the severity, usually that's you know where I start for and say, look, that might take four to eight weeks uh, doing all those things, you know, diet changes plus those key supplementations. Um, and then from there, it depends how the dog responds. If we need to do more immune support, you know, we'll do that. If it's coming from the environment, just simple topical approaches, such as if you can put in a T-shirt on your dog when they're out and about or, Good. you know, just wiping them down with a damp cloth when they come inside from being if, outside. If you guys are putting a T-shirt on your dog, can you please put on it? I have allergies. Just write that on the shirt. I just think that'd be really cute. That would just be a cute. a little allergy jog, just like I have allergies. <laughs> hey, there you go. There's a, um, a business idea for you. <laughs> Adorable. Um, what about, then, sorry, keep going. Keep interrupting you. No, that's okay. No. Um, <laughs> I'm sort of just, yeah, thinking out loud. <laughs> but with the paws, you know, a lot of dogs lick at their paws and mm. that is often stuff that they're contacting in the environment. Um, so having like a foot bath at, you know, at the door. Mm-hmm. So just dipping your dog's feet in something like that and wiping them down can make a huge difference in just reducing that body burden of allergens um, while we're working from the inside out as well. I was going to ask about like that, those yeasty smelling feet, you know, mm. when they get that kind of stank to them, if that's, is that a different for each dog as to why, what might cause that, or is there a fairly standard something that happens? I mean, most yeasty pores are due to excessive licking, like just that saliva, mm. keeping the moisture in, in between the toes and things like that. Um, and it doesn't take a lot for it to sort of take hold. And yeast is so notoriously hard to sort of eradicate once you've got a really yeasty dog. But, I mean, antimicrobials, like the pure SB, there's a probiotic called Saccharomyces boulardii. Um, and it's, I've got a whole podcast on <laughs> Saccharomyces boulardii, so you can right. find that and listen to it. But, yeah, I would be looking at something like that for working against the yeast and, and again like the gut protect to, to support the immune system as well so it's it's a it's a symptom of some, or a side effect of something else Do you th- is that what you're saying like so that something else has made them lick their feet and then yeah. the, and then the yeast comes from that so if they've got let's say they've got environmental allergen like they're reacting mm. to allergens in the vi- in the environment they're going to lick their feet and the more they do that the more likely that they are to get a yeast infection mm. so we really do need to one treat the yeast initially to try and get rid of it mm. but then we need to you know increase the threshold of reactivity of the dog to environmental allergens and we right. can do that by supporting gut health and immune health yeah um mm. and then just those topical like foot washes you might put betadine in mm. the water just mm. again to help with the the, the infection side of it just thinking about that smell of those feet it is gross yeah and it you know it takes time to sort of Mm. get on top of as well so you've really got to be at it every day unfortunately yeah (laughs) hate that stuff (laughs) I'm like a once a week or once a fortnight kind of girl you know (laughs) yeah okay so 
which is what I love about supplements too, is because it's easy. I used to think it wasn't easy. I used to think it was more like, ah, oh, just adding all this stuff. Then I got horses and I was like, okay. <laughs> okay, your dogs are hardly any work at all. <laughs> horses are a nightmare. <laughs> I've, I've actually don't have any experience with horses. So um, I've, I've heard that by a few people, but yeah, it's not my, I've got no clue how hard horses are. Really similar thing though, like um, you can make it too complicated or you can, yeah, not complicated enough really. So you got same thing, you've got to go back to basics with the horses, get them on the right food. So like something biologically appropriate for them too. So um, yeah, I'll go into it obviously, but it's it's mostly like good grass or good grass hay um, and a, you know, if you need to supplement feed, like, um, like a hard feed, like a, yeah, extra bucket feed, we used to call it grain, but now we feed grain free. So yeah, yeah same thing. And then you address, so get them right back down to the basics on their diet with nothing else and then wait and see what is actually the problem. Mm. So, which is what similar to what we're saying about the dogs too, like get them on a proper diet let them be on that biologically appropriate diet. So like horses have to have grass or hay all day mm. and then wait and see what is left over. So from that, you know, like as a, yeah, exactly same as the dogs. Don't have them on a terrible diet. And then, and people do have horses on terrible diets mm. and are adding 70 different supplements. Supplements are so expensive. They're adding 70 different supplements and it's a nightmare. Like it's not, it's not unusual in a horse feed to put five, six different supplements in it. Wow. Okay. It's not unusual at all. Yeah. It's very rare that people aren't supplementing anything. Like it's, yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. I have to give calcium every day because we're on high oxalate grasses here. Mm. Um, so they can't absorb the calcium properly. Uh, so they have to have calcium because of the environment that they live in. Um, and then, yeah, you've just got one horse on foresight because she's a bit stiff, got a bit of stifle look, and one horse on a, a gut balancer called Equishore. Mm. Um, and then that's it. But I started buying Brumbies because, <laughs> like, more hardy. <laughs> so mine are out of the, straight out of the wild. And then, yeah, yeah so they're, like, really healthy. Awesome. Mm. Um, I should just say too, with diet, it, it doesn't have to be raw. Like, yes, I'm mm. a raw, yep. raw food component um, proponent. I believe in raw food, but and, and all my dogs are on raw. But, you know, because I do help a lot of people with their dog's diet, I do understand not everyone wants to feed raw or is comfortable with feeding raw, but you can still have a really great species-appropriate diet that's based on cooked foods. Mm-hmm. What we want is whole foods. So whether it's cooked or raw, we want to be as close to whole foods as possible. Yeah. Yeah, it's just hard to balance cooked food yourself so you have to do some research into that like if you're gonna cook it and make your own so I don't make my own I buy pre commercially prepared balanced raw food so I don't have to make it I used to try and make it and fed my dogs for years on an unbalanced food because I didn't know like back when I started that you couldn't buy it like it wasn't yeah you couldn't buy it but not readily anyway where I was but yeah, I accidentally did that 
and then learned about I actually learned that from um Sasha Parker's oh yeah Facebook they, group yeah I was like whoopsie <laughs> um and I highly recommend people join that group it's fresh food feeders for dogs kibble feeders welcome like she's got so many amazing free resources um in that page her and Brittany um do a great job so have a look at that look I don't make my dog's food either I don't have the time or the motivation no to spend hours formulating and blending dog food so it's I do a lot of work it is a lot of work but mm. we've got um Leica is a commercial cooked food option now so that's fully balanced oh is um, it yep so it's lightly cooked really good quality ingredients the vet who's behind it um I know and he's really like great integrity and you know it's not just about the money it's about I the didn't realize that it was cooked yeah, lightly cooked. So I use, wow. I recommend that a lot um, yeah. for people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and again, I'm not against um, kibble feeders at all. Like, if you're gonna do that, do that. Just make sure that you do, make feeding the best possible kibble you can by doing your research, because um, everyone's situation is different. You know, mm. like I don't know what people's situations are. Like, and when COVID was happening, I could not physically buy the food that I needed mm. to feed my dogs. Like I, so I had to go back to a high quality kibble half and I was mixing it up. <laughs> so yep. like, we physically couldn't buy it. So, you know, it yeah. was, that's a tough, really tough thing. Um, and some people are in, you know, areas where they can't get it or budget or whatever. So mm. um, not having a go at anyone. Um, just making sure that you understand that, yeah, like there's going to be stuff that you need to do to get your dogs back to a baseline and then find out what's left, like what's actually been caused by the food and then what's not, you know. Yeah, what's probably worth mentioning for people to consider, um, and this is a really easy way if you want to, if you do have the time and the motivation to prepare your own food at home and you want to experiment with either a raw or cooked food diet Mm. is to use a meal balancer they're referred to. So someone can just buy a heap of, mince from the supermarket um add the you know required amount of this meal balancer powder they usually powders to the food and it covers all bases so it makes yep. sure that that meal has everything that your dog needs and that's i mean you can't get much easier yeah 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 yep agreed um also that facebook page um it got really that group got really full i think the girls are only letting like waves they t- i think they're taking intakes of people in but everyone who's done our courses I give them the um feeding guide that's out of that group okay yep yeah right. um so you guys have all got that so you guys have all been told before about Sasha Parker and Britt and that group um that's that feeding guide is what we're talking about and but it's great she talks about kibble topping and all those things like it's yeah. great so good definitely join the group just be aware that you might take a while yeah yeah Yeah, I think it just got really full on um with imagine answering people's questions and yeah don't message don't private message the admins (laughs) don't do that guys book a consult with them book their time and pay for it yeah 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 or listen to podcasts (laughs) yeah (laughs) learn lots for free um okay so we've touched on the itching licking uh general skin health is there something that we could add I think some people's dogs have smelly skin 
is that, I mean, I know everything's got an internal sort of base to it as well, pretty much. Mm. There's something we can give that like makes skin healthy and less smelly. Is that a thing? Um, good diet. And yeah. <laughs> Narelle, um, is it important for dogs to be on a good diet? <laughs> Um, but you know, our skin has its own microbiome. So it is really important to be supporting gut health, um, as well, like just to keep the balance where it needs to be. It's a bit tricky, smelly, smelly skin. Um, yeah, I would just be starting with a good probiotic sort of prebiotic probiotic initially, and maybe like a, like an Antonol rapid for its anti-inflammatory sort of benefits to the skin. Yeah. My dogs are, I put my old dog on Antinol um, and then I put them all on it. It's great. I've been on it for about six months now. Actually, I got it from your workshop. Do you know what though? You know how we got those little bags from (laughs) Narelda's workshop in um, Brisbane in, what was that, late last year? Yeah. Was that late last year? Um, And we got these little, little gift bags and there was Antinol in it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard about Antinol. So I started trying it and it was like a little 60 capsule thing, right? Like a proper, not like just a sample of like five capsules. It was a proper little jar of it. Um, And I started giving it to my old dog because he's, this is, Mm. this is him. He's old boy. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, probably he doesn't, he hadn't had any problems with his joints, but I was like, it's probably a good idea. Um, And I started, I'm like, oh, yeah, seems going. And then my naughty little Labrador stole the bottle and ate all the ants and just destroyed it. And I was oh so goodness. pissed off because it was free. Yeah. I liked it more <laughs> than I had to buy it. I was like, oh, <laughs> this dog. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is completely, if, if your dog does eat a jar of antinol, it is safe. Um, yeah. Then I was like, great. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, what is it? It's, it's not fish oil it's like a muscle is it greenlit muscle greenlit muscle and krill combined Mm. um but the other reason that i have all my dogs on antinol as like a really high quality omega-3 source is because our dog's diet if you are feeding a kibble it will be disproportionately high in omega-6 fats and you know we know in the human research um really clearly that you know too much omega-6 to omega-3 has a very pro-inflammatory um, effect in the body and can mm. contribute to a lot of chronic disease development. So I love, like, I will always give my dogs an omega three source. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a good one to start with, anyway. Even if you've got no problems. Yeah, well, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's the great thing is there's you know evidence to show that DHA. So DHA is one of the main active constituents in omega three. Well, it's sort of at the end of the. the the biochemical chain of omega-3 mm-hmm. um, in the body. So DHA has been shown to improve trainability and cognition and neurological development in mm. puppies. So, yeah, as soon as I get a puppy, they're on Antonol. It's great for, you know, we're going to talk about general health and well-being. It's great for just supporting general health and well-being, particularly for dogs on a kibble mm. diet. And then once they get to their senior years, it's going to support joint health and mobility in that way as well. So, yeah. Really love it. Yeah, that's why I put all the dogs on it too because I was like, I was only planning on putting the older dog mm. on it. But then I was like, yeah, the more I learned about it, I was like, they should really all just be on this, you know? 
Yep. It's good stuff. Okay. We've got, so we've talked about bad breath, itching, farts, smelly dogs, skin, stuff like that. Um, we're going to talk about general well-being. So the reason I want to talk about joint health and brain function is because being a therapy dog, if we're going to ask our dog to work for us and with us, um, that's the work is mentally and physically draining. So mm. it's not just a physical and people might think like, oh, but the dogs, like they sit around most of the time. And that is true. The things that the dogs are doing that puts extra load on them includes things like going up and down flights of stairs. Like I've got stairs at my clinic uh, and my dogs have to go for wee walks. So, mm. you know, we're up and down the flight of stairs like six times a day, if not more, um, depending. Some of my clients want to take the dogs for a walk as well, you know, so which the dogs love that, but it is an extra load on them that they're not doing when they're at home. Mm. They just sleep all day. Yeah. Um, things like stairs, jumping up and down off of couches uh, as well. They, to sit with people, um, play, if they're doing lots of play, People, you know, people playing fetch and stuff like that. There is a likelihood if your dog's bought, uh, if your dog is toy motivated, there's a likelihood that that's being utilized as an intervention. So the dog is probably doing more chase and stop mm. and turn than what they would be doing if you left them at home instead of taking them to work with you. Uh, things like um, tricks and stuff like that, like all our little kid clients, we just have to put on a show sometimes mm. to get them engaged in their therapy. Like the kids that come and see me, they're there for psychology, you know? So sometimes they don't want to be there slash most of the time. So, <laughs> so as an engagement tool, like we get the dogs doing their tricks and stuff like that. I got a lot of clients that the dogs don't have to quote unquote work very hard for, but there are some client groups that they do have to work quite hard. Mm. Um, I'll do things like puzzle toys. So, you know, the um, ones you put treats in and stuff like that, which is yeah. mental stimulation, uh, behaving themselves, being not at liberty. So the dogs are off lead. My dogs are off lead at work, but they're not at liberty. Absolutely mm. not. Absolutely not. So um, there's a standard of behavior that's ab expected while we're at the clinic. Definitely. I've got a home clinic as well. She's a bit of a looser ship here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh certainly at our you know we've got a multi-clinician multi-dog clinic uh so you know it's definitely a standard of behavior that's different there sometimes like the impulse control as well so we're asking we've got kids that are um playing with toys and trying to get dogs to play with toys and we've we're not supposed mm. to be doing that right now so we've asked dogs to disengage from the play and they're having to use all their impulse control wow to do that yeah. yep <laughs> otherwise we got little you know kids that are dysregulated and throwing stuff around and running around and dysregulating the dogs and it's just mm. chaos like it's fine to do that sort of stuff if if that's what we're doing that's what we're doing is we're yeah. having some play or a movement break or whatever but a, a lot of the time it'll be mm. that's not what we're doing and that's if we do engage in that, then that's this little person's just going to further dysregulate. And so we mm. actually need to bring the dog's regulation down um, and keep ours down <laughs> and bring the yeah. dogs down. And then the kid will come down with us, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a lot in, a lot involved that I didn't realize physically. Mm. Um, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Joint support 
across you know the whole you know age like lifespan yes. would be just fundamental uh yeah. i really love collagen as a really safe everyday supplement for dogs because it's you know it's not just it's supporting the ligaments and the cartilage and you know creating greater stability for those joints mm. and you can start that my next podcast is actually going to be on joint supplements so right. I, I haven't delved deep into the research yet to really comment well here and now but I do when know, can we expect that podcast Narelle is it going to be like hopefully in the next four weeks because <laughs> I think there might have been a gap between the last couple yes <laughs> six months I think it was <laughs> so it's My, not good it's not six months away for this joint one though no like no, seriously okay. <laughs> My goal is always to do one a month, but I, I am so, so busy. And because I do really want to dive into the research, um, I don't want to just get on a yeah. podcast and give my opinion superficially. Yeah. I want people to really understand, you know, why something is the case. Um, and that well, takes time. It does. And yeah. I feel for you in that because that's my least favorite thing to do is do all that mm-hmm. reading. Um, but just a little encouragement, and I know you would already know this, but it is so handy having covered topics in podcasts about mm. the stuff that we get asked all the time. It cuts my work down because I just yeah. refer people back to that episode. Yeah. Uh, it is honestly saving me so much time having a podcast. Like, so now like this podcast is going to become part of our course. It'll be like, I won't have to have this conversation again and again and again and again and again, like I have been for the last seven or eight years, whatever years we've been doing Therapy Dogs Australia. It's just so worth it. So be be encouraged, but I don't have to do the the research. I actually love the research. (laughs) If I could just sit and read papers all day, that would be be in heaven. That's my worst Um, nightmare. (laughs) But, I mean, off the top of my head, the research around glucosamine and chondroitin is pretty weak. You know, that's everyone's okay. go-to go supplement. So I'm going to talk about that um, and potentially debunk some beliefs around chondroitin and what? glucosamine. <laughs> so, but, yeah, let me do the research first before I oh um, put my foot in it. <laughs> um, if you're listening to this now, just go and listen to Narelle's her, her podcast on the joint thing just in case she's really taken a step yeah. back with that magic claim that she's just glucosamine.com <laughs> <laughs> um, have called Narelle and <laughs> I know um but yeah let me look into it and I will let you know what the situation is in my next podcast but yeah for any joint health you you know something like a collagen is really great um again Antonel rapid anti-inflammatory action really great uh, for supporting joint health if there's any pain you know the pea plus is particularly indicated for senior dogs that have any mobility issues particularly nerve compression issues as well so you know i see that a lot with frenchies or any sort of those brachy breeds um it's like a skeletal issue yeah most of them their spines you know I love Frenchies, but genetically and like physically, they're just a, a mess. <laughs> so I've heard them um, described as incompatible with life. Yeah, if you're going to have a Frenchie, you need you need insurance. Like, do not skimp on pet insurance. Do they still insure Frenchies? <laughs> get get in early. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. I'm, su- I'm surprised. But yeah. <laughs> whatever insurance company that is going to go broke. <laughs> well, I must say, um, I, was so, I was so fortunate with Ladybug. She didn't have insurance for about the first three years of her life. And I'm like, oh, I should probably, you know, I should probably get insurance for her. And I was one day out of the 30 day, that initial 30 day withholding, yeah. withholding period. That, Waiting the period. First waiting period I was one day out of it when she had a spinal injury and let me tell you oh my god that saved us oh like, my god more money than I'm going to admit Major money. <laughs> so, oh my goodness yeah so <gasps> worth every cent yeah, yeah um, once you get a decent payout I got a um metal metal plate in a dog's leg mm. cost me 150 bucks <laughs> excess yeah <laughs> the surgery was like five and a half grand or something like that it cost me 150 bucks yeah so no, certainly yeah I would never not have I mean some of my dogs have been insured and I'm I'm never gonna get that money back you know yeah but but yeah yeah and when you look at don't little little life hack don't look at what you're paying for it just yeah. <laughs> try and turn a turn away because yeah. I'm paying a small fortune for three dogs and a cat on pet insurance but I've claimed you know like it's it is yeah it's one of those things just like any of my insurance policies I must have about a hundred insurance policies of all the things that you have to insure so it's crazy I'm I'm with you there like I was thinking about the other day just how many insurances yeah I have and how much especially because we've got professional insurances too right like all those sorts of things like business insurances and all these insurances (laughs) I know. And I mean, I've got all my clinical practice insurances, but now with Canaceuticals, there's a whole nother set of insurances for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. There should just be one fee that you pay because mm. there's probably thousands of dollars that we're paying. You just have one fee that we pay and it just goes into the SAM insurance fund and whatever I do, you're covered. this comes out there. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good idea. Um, all right. Back on, back on to joint health. What else could we do? Um, Look, they're the main things. <laughs> I was going to say that, but um, it's true though. Diet. <laughs> well, it, it is true because you know every cell in our body is yeah. impacted by the nutrients that we put into our body. So yeah. we're only as healthy as our cells are, and that is diet. Mm-hmm. So, yep, and tissues turn over and regenerate. So um, the better our diets. Or, you know, if you're feeding a bad diet and those tissues are regenerate, turning over, you know, that's not good in terms of chronic disease development. But mm. it also gives us hope that when we do make positive changes in our diets, that there can be um, benefits. Like it's yeah. not, not all, all is not lost. Yeah. You know what's fun about horses is you can see their diet change as their feet grow. So as their hooves grow, oh. you will yeah. actually see a better quality this happens with the brumbies because they come out of the wild and they're a pretty mm. bad diet out there um and you get them on a good diet and their new growth of their feet is beautiful mm. and it gets like halfway down and they've got like a half beautiful foot and then just a half like uh, <laughs> one yeah. foot. and over time so you do like um corrective you know, good trimming and maintenance and stuff and over time they get these their feet change shape and and what that does is it changes the angles of their mm. legs which changes um where they've been compensating so like it's actually like they say no hoof no horse like it's a whole mm. 
that's where it all starts but it's cool because you can see it happening yeah I really feel like um with a healthy dog it's less easy to see uh except for these little things that some of the things we talked about so like good proper poo like Mm. a good poo out of a dog is one of the only ways to tell if the dog is healthy um, but I think the smelliness too, like I think, uh, you know, like when dogs uh, I have got a new, more of a neutral smell to them, um, they don't have to smell great. Uh, Just then, on that. So, I mean, that would be huge for a therapy dog if they had diarrhea or, it you know, is any issues. It is the <laughs> worst, Norelle. Yeah. It's, it, you, if you had a dog that, so I could be like leaving for work and go out here and and if the dog um does a runny poo they're straight back in swap dogs Mm. swap dog I've got multiple dogs so I can do that um but it is a nightmare it's happened to me more than one I'd say Mm. over the last and I've worked with five or six different dogs five different dogs um sometimes you don't know it's going to happen so Mm. the dog has picked something up somewhere like whatever they've picked up and so this old lab here he would go like because he was he had intolerances so he had gut stuff when he was younger that's how I got onto uh, raw feeding is because Mm. he had gut stuff and he I thought he was allergic to beef um, but I've since come to understand what allergy means and Mm. (laughs) it's not that which is probably why when I told a heap of vets and people back in the day that my dog's allergic to beef and they're like, no, it's not. And I was like, you're an idiot. Yes, it is. <laughs> probably like, you're an idiot. <laughs> anyway, what I meant was intolerant. So, cause he used to get diarrhea. He had diarrhea heaps when he was a puppy. Um, and so, and you'd give him like anything, you came across anything beef, like half a sausage or something, you know, if I've had mm. barbecue, half a sausage, he'd just get explosive diarrhea the rest of the day. Um, but he used to sing where he'd like, yeah, come and if uh, you'd be in a session with someone. So like the type of job I do, I'm in private practice. So um, someone books a session, it's a 15 minute long session and they're paying for it. So mm-hmm. uh, if your dog just decides that it's got to go to the toilet right now in the middle of a session, it is a huge drama. It's a big yeah. deal. Um, and sometimes the dogs, they don't have like, so my border collie like will dance around a bit and I'm like, that's him and, this one I've got, I don't think Nala's ever had an accident, but they've got these cues that it's like, now, you've got to go now. And back in the early days, I'd be like, we can't, I can't, I'm in the middle of someone's mm. session like this. I can't take you to the toilet right now. These days, if it was to ever happen again, you, you go. Because when they have explosive diarrhea inside, in someone's psychology session, when they're there talking about, whatever or learning about whatever or Mm. whatever it stinks diarrhea always stinks it's so bad uh and it's very we're on carpet it's very hard to clean it up and uh most of the people down our courses have heard these stories because it's literally it's it's horrible it's so horrifying and you're worried Mm. about the dog as well because you're like oh god like what's wrong with the dog you know what are they eating that's something and you're trying to clear out diarrhea. So we keep, we tell everyone to um, keep a cleaning kit with you or everywhere you go, everywhere you take your dog, take a cleaning kit. Because one thing that makes it easier to deal with is that you can clean it up. So you don't feel like, oh, my dog just did 
Mm. Can someone please clean this up? Um, and the other thing is, so, you know, um, puppy wee pads. Yeah. Yep. Got to have puppy wee pads in your thing because that's the easiest thing to pick diarrhea up with because you can, it's plastic and yep. bit big and you can like. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good suggestion. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You got it. You got it. Cause it's got to get, so you got, and you got to have plastic bags because you got to get it in the plastic really fast. Like mm. try and catch it. Like it's because this, the longer the smells there, because we're inside, like the longer the smells there, it, yeah. it just causes complete. And you, this is why now, like if the dogs do their funny little tell, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'll be back in a minute. You know, or like I used to have a, we have virtual admin now, but um, I used to have a admin assistant that I could go like, can you please take the mm. dog outside? Um, but the reason that because when a dog does diarrhea in the middle of someone's session, it's the session's over and it's over like because yeah, now so it's quick, quicker to toilet the dog. Then, it's actually yeah. quicker for me to go. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Like, and even if it takes 10 minutes for the dog, for me to be sure that they're mm. done, I can go 10 minutes over time or, you know, depending on what type of session it is, you can make a decision. You can make a clinical decision about what you should do now, but diarrhea in the session is not the answer ever, ever, mm. ever. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. I've got a window in my, um, clinic it's like an old building and you like push the window out there have been multiple occasions I've been at that clinic I think we just had a we just had our eighth or ninth birthday I've lost count but um everything over COVID I don't even know I'm like what but anyway uh multiple times so that out the back of that window there's like an alleyway and multiple times I've had to quickly grab a diarrhea tie up a bag and I just throw it out the window (laughs) yeah I have to go out there and get it like (laughs) It's the worst. Anyway, that's just a really long-winded, but yeah, it is a major problem. So if anyone's listening hasn't trained a dog yet and you've got a dog that's got a sensitive tummy, it mm. will not be a therapy dog. It will not be. If you if it's a if that's a problem for your dog, you no. It will not be. Yeah. Trust me. So just um for people who've heard the Ladybug podcast, they'll know this already as well, but with her spinal injury, um, she does have mild fecal and urinary incontinence. Like she can't, she's pretty good, but she can't control when it comes out, like when she's going to poo. It's sort of, if it's coming, it's coming. Like yeah, that sort of thing. Um, and because of her spinal injury, she's confined now to a carpeted area of the house. So for mm-hmm. us. Because of the flooring, so she doesn't slip and stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, so for, I mean, for her quality of life and, I mean, if you've got a dog in that situation that does have regular diarrhoea, I mean, we probably couldn't manage that and she probably would have been put down. Mm. Um, but that was the motivator. That was the actual motivating um, force behind me creating Gut Protect. Mm. So the Gut Protect literally is designed to firm up stools and like not just create good gut health but create like I call them the perfect poos. And Ladybug literally yes. has, has perfect poos and she's – and it's not that – a dog won't get loose stools on gut protect, but it's nearly three years. Oh, it is three years now since she had a spinal injury and she has not had a soft, sticky or loose stool in three years. Um, touch wood. <laughs> so, that, um, that in it, yeah, can she hear you? <laughs> that so, in of itself yeah. is, an, is enough of a, you know, if anyone's got a dog, so like, yes, yeah, sloppier poos and stuff like that, that in of itself, trust me, guys, it's... Yeah it's worth doing something about it's 
it is worth it. It's I've only had it a handful of times over 11, whatever years. I work with a dog every single day. So I've got multiple dogs. So we rotate Mm. them. That's why I can work full time with dogs. Um, and over that time, and I couldn't, I don't know how many days that is over that time, but it's only happened to me, it'd be 10 times or less, but it's the worst. And I've mm-hmm. got dogs that have perfect poos, you know, like on yeah. the day, day-to-day occasion. Um, sometimes, yeah, like I just, yeah, no, nah, just if you can avoid it, guys, avoid it. Yeah. So that's where being proactive with gut health and diet becomes really important. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, from the workshop, I before the, your workshop in Brisbane, I didn't know what MCT was. Mm. Yep. Um, and you had all this information about like senior dog care and stuff. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like I really went for the like nutrition because I am interested in that stuff, you know. And I think I said to you because we need to be educating people. Um, but I'm not, you know, just trying to direct people. Actually, and we will talk about that if you remind me, Narelle's got online courses on her website that we need to make sure people know about. Are they still on there? No. There? <laughs> so I'm going, I've taken them down um, because I want to rehash them and, and rebrand them under the Canine right. Suitables, um branding and then they'll go back on the, that website. Fantastic. Well, let us know when they're back on there. Yep. But you've got blogs and stuff on there too, hey? Yeah, lots of blogs. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, Because I remember looking at that from, um, yeah, anyway. So uh, if you go to the Caninecuticals website, um, the supplements and stuff are organized into like categories as well. Like you can look at the category. So Mm. you can look at like senior dog stuff. Um, And I have a senior dog who is my 12 and a half year old Labrador, Sunny, who has been a therapy dog since he was 18 months old and has been the reason that I've done anything that I've ever done. And so it's very important to me that he's he's semi-retired now, but it's very important to me that he is um, healthy in this, like supported, well supported. He's worked a long, hard career. Shouldn't say hard career, a long career. He's loved it. He's a Labrador. Um, and I want him to be supported into his senior life. And then Narelle talked about MCT, which I'll let you explain, but it's to support one of the things it does is support their cognitive function. Yeah. So there's lots of research in the human sort of dementia space um, around MCT, which I don't know. I just know it exists. Um, but there's some studies in animals as well, including Dogs, so MCT stands for medium chain triglycerides and mostly comes from, uh, extracted from coconut Mm. oil. Mm. So it's just sort of a part of coconut oil. So coconut oil is different to MCT oil. So MCT oil comes out of coconut oil. Um, Is it like refined? Like is that why we used to always, because I used to give my dogs coconut oil. Is that why um, I used to do that? I don't know. No. So coconut oil should be sort of, organic and unrefined as a sort of a, a supplement to a, our diet or our dog's diet, but you can extract certain um, compounds from coconut oil, which are the more concentrated MCT oils. Gee, I'm doing a bad job today of explaining things. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a Friday afternoon, everyone. Um, it is. 
so, it is. Um, <laughs> but they, so the MCT oil is a superior fuel for the brain. Um, and there's, I tend to recommend it a lot for dogs with epilepsy. There's some great research for it reducing seizure frequency in people and dogs. So that's great. But there's also good research around it for senior dogs, as you mentioned, for reducing what's called canine cognitive dysfunction syndrome. And, you know, that yeah. as dogs age like we do, you know, some people are more prone to dementia than others and some dogs are more prone to dementia than others. But giving some MCT oil in their diet has been shown to significantly um, reduce symptoms of cognitive decline and uh, improved behavior in senior dogs so to me it's a no-brainer like why wouldn't you give it it's so safe and it's so just gentle I mean you don't want to go too high too quickly because it's an oil so we don't want to create diarrhea but Mm. um but it's a really yeah lovely product so I sell that under the vet activate brand um brain fuel it's called yeah yeah people can read more about the the details of it on the website so I started Sunny on that pretty much straight away and then that was out of stock for a bit and I put him, yeah. I started using Lion's Mane. So is that, what's Lion's Mane? What's, what is, is it a cognitive thing too or is it? Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a mushroom. Um, I should. Um... I've been seeing some Instagram reels of people selling Lion's Mane like for people to take and they talk about like, getting yeah like activated in the morning like you know like it's like turn your brain brain on stuff yeah most of the research is around its neurological benefits so lion's mane has been shown to reduce um neurodegeneration it supports sort of the myelin sheath around nerves Mm -hmm. um yeah just which is the coating around the than the cells to make them travel properly yeah it allows that electrical signal to pass like mm. across cells so for communication so again yep. with ladybug um, with her spinal injury because her nervous system was so compromised she's been on um, lion's mane for the majority of that time mm. I'm, not, I'm not giving it to her at the moment but that's more just me forgetting to mm. give it to her and because she's you know doing so well now it's yep. not as important but yeah great for Another one that's great for any spinal injuries or nerve injuries mm. or um, cognitive issues. Mm. Yeah. So um, remember that, guys. So senior um, is quite young to what we think it is. So lots of dogs, uh, depending, depending on the size of the dog, um, they become senior quite young. So, well, in my mind, what I would think is, yeah, you wouldn't think mm. they're considered senior, so young. But um, I really wanted to support Sonny. Uh, I'm scared of him getting dementia. So mm. the reason I'm scared of dementia is because he's physically very fit. So I'm not worried. I haven't been worried about his body breaking down, which is mm. like, you know, and then I like I put him on the Antinol because we got it for free. And then I, when Nala ate it, I was like, oh, no. you're a dog, Nala. Like, <laughs> and then I had to buy it because I was like annoyed about that. And now I love it. So, um, yeah, he's physically really fit. Um, so I put him, that's just my main thing is I'm like, oh, if his mind goes, you know, like, mm-hmm. and he's, I think his hearing might be a bit, 
I just can't tell if he's just not listening to me sometimes or he's like, can't hear me, you know. <laughs> the other really easy thing people can do to support cognition in senior dogs is add in some brightly coloured fruits and veggies to their kibble or whatever you're feeding. Yep. Um, there is research around just adding brightly coloured fruits and veggies to a standard kibble diet for improving cognition um, because of all the antioxidants and the phytonutrients and all those amazing compounds in them so if you've got leftover veggies you know put them in your dog's bowl as long as they're safe like they're not yeah. onion and leeks and things like that blueberries are awesome so you know throw a few blueberries in your dog's bowl just buy them frozen and it's cheaper and easier that way but yeah a little oh yeah. yeah I mean I love supplements because it's what I do um but I will always support it like we said at the beginning with dietary additions as well and you can be on a kibble diet and add in you know, lots of great additions, eggs, you know, the choline in eggs is great for cellular health and nervous system health. Yeah. He eats eggs every day because we have chickens. Sometimes he gets unauthorized eggs. Mm, I can imagine. The chicken coop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I go, hey, and then he drops it and then it breaks anyway. And I go, yeah. just yeah. eat it. He's got it all figured just, out. Just eat the egg. <laughs> Are there any left in there? Um, and I bought, I've just put him on the beef liver as well. Um, and I can't remember why I did that, but it was from listening to the podcast. Um, but all the benefits that like, there was just all these benefits and I was just like, he's got to go on this beef liver as well. Like, so now he's on Antinol currently lion's mane, but it would be, yeah, lion's mane or brain fuel. Mm. Um, and the beef liver just to try and I think it was about like his blood and energy or joints and muscles and was it so like a bit of an everything was it everything yeah look <laughs> beef, beef beef liver and beef spleen are so packed with nutrition um that covers pretty much every aspect of health but it reminds me you mentioned um stamina earlier mm. and in the podcast I talk about a study that was done in rats many decades ago now um, where they were trying to figure out if the stamina-boosting properties of freeze-dried uh, beef liver, was it just due to the B vitamins, you know, giving a boost of energy because, you know, we mm -hmm. take B vitamins to support energy. Um, so they had these three groups of rats. One group got nothing. One group got just pure B vitamins and one group got the um, powdered beef liver. Yeah, And then they subjected them to a stress test, which was putting them in a barrel of water and, Seen, I remember this now. <laughs> seeing how long they would swim for. And that's actually a really standard test, um, unfortunately. <laughs> it's like a beep test for rats, but with life or death. <laughs> but what was amazing is the rats that got nothing swam for, let's say, an average of 13 minutes. The rats that got the B vitamins swam for like 13 and a half minutes. Like, don't quote me on that. Um, listen to the podcast. But the rats mm -hmm. that got the, the beef liver the majority of those were still swimming after two hours. So they stopped the test because they were still swimming. And that was the only difference, the beef liver. That's crazy, isn't it? So, um, yeah, if you've got a working dog, a sporting dog, a therapy dog, like any mm. dog that has to work, I think it's a great addition. So listen to the podcast to learn more. Yeah. Absolutely. Do it, guys, because so I know I'm doing a very terrible job of like explaining why I do what I do. But what happens is I hear something or learn something and then I'm like, great, I accept that. I'm going to do that. And then I just like wipe it. 
I've already made the decision, Narelle. I've already done it. I've already got the liver. Like I don't need to remember why I'm doing that. But it's very difficult then for me to help other people understand (laughs) why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, But I kind of got there when I sort of felt like it was kind of everything. Mm. But I now I remember a little bit more. Um, And, yeah, the go listen to that podcast, guys, because if you really do want to support, if you want your dogs to have a career as a therapy dog, you don't want to just, this isn't just a fad because you've seen it in the media or whatever and you're just going to see want to take your dog to work or whatever. If you want an actual career out of these dogs, Oliver, my border collie has been a therapy dog for eight years. Nala has been a therapy dog for three years. So Mm. these dogs have careers ahead of them. So if we look after them properly, we have to look after them properly. Otherwise they're going to, we're going to have a a breakdown in their bodies, a breakdown in their minds um, and, you know, burnout and stress management and things like that. All of this stuff, contributes to those things so Mm. the more that we can look at the whole dog the whole picture things like stamina are so important I just had um Nala looked at by physio to be about maybe two months ago now because I just noticed her back end's a bit uh, you know she sits like a Mm. frog and stuff and I was like I've got to do something about this got to do something about this and then I was like you know just never getting around to it and I finally got around to it. And I, what is really driving me, A, I know what it's like to have a senior, an older lab who is fit um, because he is having a great time. Every single mm-hmm. day he's having a great time and I want that for her. Um, and what, the way she is at the moment, I'm like, how? what are you going to look like when you're 12 and a half? Because I don't reckon it's going to be like him. Mm. Uh, and the stamina aspect of, you know, she's a dog I take into the clinic two days a week take my border collie once a week um and she she's doing that work there I actually think she could have more stamina like I actually think she's only young and I actually think that building her up I need to do something about um what's that called it's like that training conditioning Mm. there's some conditioning with her And you know what? After like two months of doing her little platform exercises and having her massages and whatever, blah, 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 uh, she's definitely changed her stamina. Mm, And I was like, yeah. And I was like, she's always been who she is. She didn't lose stamina. Okay. She wasn't like, she didn't, I didn't see a loss Mm. in her stamina. She's always been who she is. But I was like, I wonder how, I wonder what conditioning would actually really do for her. Definitely, definitely. So she's up and about more um, because therapy dogs sleep a lot. Like, (laughs) and we don't want them running like all day, Um, but she's definitely, I reckon she's got more energy. Like I reckon it's made a big difference for her to do that. But if you're going to be conditioning your dogs, so like, you know, that's specific exercises that she's doing to support her joints, muscles around her joints and stuff. But if you're going to be doing that, I think you should back it up with A, diet. Yep. B, <laughs> this other stuff that we can do. So mentioned Antonol a few times, um, things like collagen, stuff like that. But also this beef liver, mm. which for the stamina, like it's, because it was all about like their healthy blood and stuff as well, wasn't it, Narelle? 
Yeah. So, you know, because it's rich in all the B vitamins, it's great for stress prone dogs in terms of supporting the nervous system that way, but yeah, for good blood health and cellular health. So yeah, lots of areas. So good. So, so good. So that's a lot of information. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I've been babbling for an hour and a half. (laughs) Sorry. So, um, no, it's been fantastic. Amazing. Um, I always listen to our podcasts back after we publish them and I learn so much. And I'm like, <laughs> I was there. <laughs> like, but I always, so this is a little tip for people if you're listening, what I was going to say, you might need to listen to this one more than once, mm. um, especially if you've been listening, driving in your car and you're thinking like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, but to actually action these ideas, I think you're going to have to listen again when you've got a pen and paper or something. Um, Cause if you, if we've talked about anything that's relevant for your dogs, listeners, um, get onto it and you'll do it sooner rather than later. Um, mm. Because when you leave it, like I did with the physio, left it, uh, just didn't, just didn't get it done. And now I'm like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Should have done it two years ago, you know, but anyway, better and, late than never. Yeah. And for, if people have questions, like I'm so available and, you know, to answer customer inquiries because people often get overwhelmed with, you know, what supplement should they choose, even though we've discussed, you know, quite a few mm-hmm. today, you know, they jump on the website and they're like, oh, do I get gut restore or gut protect? So mm-hmm. all of those sort of things, um, just send an email to info at canineceuticals.com.au and either myself or my colleague, Michelle, will get back to you with um, the information you need. If you've got a dog with something a bit more full-on going on health-wise, you can book a consultation through our website as well. So there's two levels of consultation available. So that can be really helpful for more personalised and targeted treatment advice. Should people go that way if they, so for example, um, like more, obviously more severe stuff, but if people have got dogs on other medications or like complex Mm. medical conditions or stuff are they people that should probably actually like book a consult and have some time and really talk through their dog's treatment plan absolutely because you know i i can't give safe advice if i don't have a full health history and sort of understand where the dog's at now with other medications other supplements Mm -hmm. you know diagnose conditions so those absolutely need a consult it just depends on you know how much is involved whether that book a standard or a comprehensive but most Mm -hmm. chronic conditions need a comprehensive consult yeah. to really um, do it justice and do the dog justice. But yeah, absolutely jump on the website for that. And if these are things like we've, I've said a few times, but if these are things that if your therapy dog has got bad breath, if your therapy dog is doing smelly farts, if your therapy dog is doing all these things that we've talked about, they licking and, you know, all this sort of stuff, you need to sort it out it will be impacting your work and you might not know any different because your dog's always been like that. So maybe you've not worked with a dog that's Mm. not doing that. And I'll tell you right now, it's very different. So just because it's always been that way, doesn't mean it should be that way. They're things that we can't, you know, like it's, you, you've got to manage your dog. You've got to manage your own dog. Um, But I really encourage people to understand that these things, they're not just normal. 
And I think a lot of dog owners think that they are. I think they just think that's Mm. just the dog, you know, the dog's just like that. The dog just stinks, that kind of thing. They're actually not normal. So, um, yeah, let this be your, you know, information overload to, yeah, activate you to go, okay, so I actually, maybe I should be trying something about this dog's breath or something because clients are saying, Mm. you stink dog Mm. like and maybe they're saying that and laughing it off but I can guarantee you it'll be impacting people's ability to really connect with the dog because it impacts how much they want to yeah interact and be close with them and things like that yeah it's a really good point that people tend to accept something as normal that's not well it might be Mm. normal but it's not it shouldn't be that way so um the other thing if people are curious about changing their dog's diet but again, just don't know where to start. That's where a consult would be hugely beneficial because I can hold their hand and sort of work with them to gradually implement those changes and it, like tweaking because everything needs to be tweaked as you go. Yes. Um, but within a consultation, that's part of it. You know, over months and months, you know, we can be tweaking and going back and forth to, to figure out the best approach. Oh, please do that. Got, like if you've never looked at your dog's diet before, please do that. You know, mm. you're, it's, it, I know we've got, it's like become a bit of a joke because we're going on and on and on about it, but there's a reason for that. Like there yeah. is actually a reason for that. Um, and if you want your dog to live a long time, that's the, that's what you got to do. That's what you're going to have to do. And I always tell myself, cause I, <laughs> mate, if you could see the money <laughs> that mm. goes into these dogs, like, you know, and I do it too. Like every time I buy I buy stuff in bulk and I buy things and I'm like oh my god these dogs like oh my god same with the horses bloody horses oh my god my horses are therapy horses as well oh Um, wow yeah especially the Brumbies are really they're very cool for it they're very very cool for it anyway um they I always just tell myself but they are working you know Mm -hmm. they're working so they should be getting paid and the way to pay them is to make them comfortable and happy and healthy and all those things. So if you well, guys always, are struggling. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned we want our dogs to live a long life, but more importantly, we want them to have a high quality, you know, health mm-hmm. for that mm-hmm. long life. Um, and it's like in the human space, people accept or just believe that, um, you know, all the diseases of old age are just inevitable, but it's not. You know, there's so much we can do to prevent chronic disease development in ourselves and our dogs that you've got to start, you've got to start somewhere. And the earlier you start, the better in yep. terms of quality of life. And if anyone's, you know, not sure about like how to make decisions about um, therapy dogs and feeding stuff, I feed mine raw and I'm always going to. Mm. I don't work with hot, I don't work with people with, you know, really bad immunocompromised health conditions things like that i um but i have it in my consent form these dogs are raw fed there may be a risk i can't get i need someone i need to talk to someone who knows more about it um about what risks are there actually are uh because i'm finding it hard to get a straight answer but we've got it in our consent forms guys so uh my dogs are fed raw so that helps anybody make a decision about what they want to do so be it uh, but everyone's got to do what's right. You've got to do what's right for you, your dog, and we're also taking into account our communities. So, you know, I don't go visiting nursing homes with my dogs. Mm. Uh, and, you know, 
the people that are living in the, the residents in those homes, they're immunocompromised. So, you know, we've all got to make decisions based on what we can do. But if you're going to, uh, not being able to feed a raw food diet doesn't mean you can't feed a good diet. So yeah. go and talk to Narelle, do some consultations and get work together. And now we've had this chat as well, Narelle. So we've got a bit more of an understanding as well about what we're trying to do yeah. um, with our dogs and what kind of support they need. Um, well, I really believe that they need if we're going to, you know, be asking them to do the job that they're doing. Uh, these are the things that I think we need to do to make sure that the dog's being considered throughout that because we're working yep. them. We are working them. As much as it's a lovely idea, therapy dogs is a lovely idea, those dogs are working. So when they get to work, they're working. Yeah. Oh, I think we've given, I think we've given your listeners plenty of information. So exciting. Thank you so yeah. much. It's been fascinating. It's been great um, to chat. If we put, we'll put obviously um, details up, but the website's Canine Studicals. Yep. C A N I N E C E U T I C A L S. Correct. Dot Yeah. I can vouch that Narelle would will reply to emails. I've emailed her several times about products and how do you choose them? And I can't remember. I can. I can't remember. And I can't remember. Blah blah blah. <laughs> So I can vouch for that. She will reply to your emails. Do you have anything coming? Are you doing any workshops? Are you just too busy? What are you doing? Oh, I've been, I've had lots of requests for seminars and workshops, but I I just haven't had the time to let out to, to content creation. Like it's just it's hard, um, eh? It is hard. Like I can't even get a podcast out, let alone create a seminar. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so yeah, but I will be at the Sydney Dog Lovers Show, the Melbourne Dog Lovers Show and the Melbourne Vet Expo later in the year. So if anyone wants to go to the dog lovers shows, they can right. have a chat with me there. All our Sydney yeah. and Melbourne teams, you can get down there and have a look, go and catch up yeah. with Narelle. Uh, what was the podcast again? The name Natural Health yeah. for People and Pets? Yeah, that's it. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Narelle, for your time. Thanks, awesome. Sam. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're interested in studying with Therapy Dogs Australia or you have a few more questions before deciding, please get in touch with us by emailing courses at therapydog.com.au or visiting our website at www.therapydog.com.au for more information and FAQs.